0: evening. Today is Wednesday, May 18th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's um, chapter is There is a Solution, and our speaker tonight is Stephanie L. Thanks, Stephanie.
1: Thank you. Okay, put on my timer. Um, Hi, everyone. I like to start my shares just by everyone kind of just like holding their heart space if you feel safe, because my hope and prayer is that I'm speaking from my heart. And hitting all of your hearts and even though I can't see everyone and um, there's definitely like familiar faces here, so we are all connected and I'm just going to take a few breaths and just connect to my higher power before I do the share. Okay, well, thank you so much um, Kaylee reached out to me about doing this speaker share and I was really excited about it. And then she was like, you have to finish your 12 steps. And I've been in this program for almost three years and a half. And I took my sweet time working the steps in the workbook. I just like once one question at a time and 12 step workbook. And then when she told me that I was like, oh, I got to get through these steps because I really want to do service for you all. (laughs) So I told my sponsor and we got through like a bunch of like questions at once and zoomed through step 12 and I'm back at step one. So when I was told um, today I'm gonna to be speaking on step one and there was a solution, it just felt like, wow, that is divine timing. That is my higher power. Um, and I always like to bring in like the spiritual principles of each step, cause I think they're really helpful. And it's just that principle of honesty. Um, so I like, I wanna start my share because what I've been inspired hearing shares over many years is like when we pull from literature Um, So I stumbled on the doctor's opinion today, and I just wanted to share one paragraph from it. I don't know exactly what page it is in the big book. I don't have that on me, but I have it written out. So men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They're restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience a sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to their desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over. Unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. Um, you can replace all the words of drinking with food if you're new to this program and compulsive overeating. But um, at least for me, when I when I read the doctor's opinion when I first came into the program, I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like I have a problem with you know food and specifically recreational sugar, which is what I've been absent in on." Um, my abstinence has been imperfect over my years of recovery, but I am counting um, a year and a half, It might be a year and a half now on recreational sugar, and it is beautiful when you're able to be honest and just say like, that's not for me like I can't do it, I have a problem with this so. Um, I've heard this over and over again in the rooms, so I know i'm not unique my strongest and clearest memories from childhood started with you know my babysitter feeding us sweets and going out with my family for sweets and so I definitely know from a young age sweets have always been you know something that I haven't had a normal relationship with I craved it I was waiting for it it was my reward um I've also heard in the room that this disease is a family disease and I knew from a young age that my grandma was obese, had a problem with food. Um, I remember her stuffing her bra. She had abnormally big um, breasts, but most of them were with food stuffed in it. And she'd put it in the dressers. And then I'd be like, where's this food that she stuffed? It would just disappear. And I was like, is she a magician? Like, I don't really know where this food is. So I grew up with a grandma that was obese. And my mom was so scared of getting fat. So, the message I received from a young age is like, God forbid you get fat and turn into my grandma or turn into my mom. And I was so scared of getting fat. So, I identify in this program a compulsive overeater for sure, also a restrictor. So, that's also part of my disease. Um, And I started coming to OA in February 1st, 2019. And the first step really rang true for me. It was clear that I, Stephanie had a problem with food. And, um, luckily I was willing to continue to work this program and keep coming back and living in the solution. And something that I also want to stress is like working this program imperfectly. So that's also part of my share because it's not easy to do this with food every single day for, you know, the rest of our lives, but it is a simple program and I, I do my best to keep coming back. So, My disease has many shapes and sizes. Um, When I was a child, I was pudgy. I began to have body image issues at age eight. When I had my first crush, I saw he liked the skinny girl and I began to become self-conscious about my weight. Um, Then my disease at that age told me if I get the skinny girl my favorite snack, then she will like me and then my crush will like me. So that's how twisted my disease is that, okay, like food is how I get love and looking back, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, I remember like around that age, just looking at myself in pictures, thinking I'm fat. And this really rang true. One of my fellows in uh, my homeroom said, I just had this constant thought going through my head all the time. Fat, ugly, stupid. I'm fat, ugly, stupid, fat, ugly, stupid. And when she said that, I was like, yes, like that is literally all that was going through my mind. Like this boy doesn't like me because I'm fat, ugly, stupid. So um, something I really struggled with was body image and I continue to work that in my program. Um, And I heard, um, I truly believe at a young age that I carried a lot of shame and guilt. And at age 12 and 13, I began to diet. Um, I had to get a bat mitzvah for being Jewish, or I chose to get a bat mitzvah. So there was a lot of attention on me. Um, and I got this dress that was, you know, for a certain size so I can lose weight. So that kind of started like buying the skinny clothes so I can have a goal to lose weight. And that's when I started restricting and I actually became really addicted to that feeling of restricting, um, that felt more, I don't know, soothing to me at that time than saying yes to food and having a goal. And so I lost a lot of weight and I started getting a lot of attention and approval for being skinny. Like everyone at my party was like, wow, you lost so much weight. Good for you. And then it started turning a different direction when I joined track and was running a lot and restricting. And then I had people being like, is she anorexic? What's going on? Talking to my mom and I was like, no, like, why would someone think that? And, you know, I still don't know to this day if I can label that as anorexia, but I can label it easily as exercise bulimia and restriction. And I continue to struggle with this. So looking back at my life before away, I was constantly trying to control my weight. I was constantly shaming myself for being a certain weight. I was constantly trying to, you know, write in my journal, today's a new day, keep track of the weight. Oh no, I ruined it. Start over. Today's a new day. Keep track of the weight, you know, and joining different diet programs and feeling like nothing was a permanent solution. Um, I did end up going away and living abroad, and that's kind of when I joined OA, which is part of why I'm sharing this. Um, I learned about OA for the first time when I was in college. I was a rower. I was so scared of gaining freshman 15, that I joined the rowing team and gained freshman 30 because my favorite part of practice was when I was over and I can binge on breakfast and eat seven plates and tell everyone how great of an athlete I was and how much I could eat, which now seems crazy. And that was the first time I was like, maybe I have a problem. And then my, I have a family member in 12 steps and he gave me this website for 12 steps and I found a way on it. And I was like, I don't know, I don't think I'm old enough to be in that group like that, that, that might be me, but maybe I'll wait until like I'm older and now I'm not ready. I didn't go to a meeting, but I, I read literature and I knew about it, but when I went to China and my life became unmanageable, my weight became unmanageable. I felt really desperate. Um, I came back on vacation and then I was ready to go to an OA meeting, my first OA meeting, uh, February, 2019. And it was actually in a hospital. And so I still find that like so divine because it was the first time I labeled it as a disease. And that felt really uncomfortable at first. But I was like, wow, I'm in a hospital with this disease. And there was like five, maybe six women in the room. And there was one woman crying because she broke her abstinence. And I just saw like everyone meeting her with love. And I'm like, that's so crazy that she came back to this meeting, even though she ruined her diet. That was what I was thinking and then i'm like started learning over time like this is not a diet, this is there's something deeper going on here. So I found a sponsor like they told me in the first meeting, I was like i'm i'm living in China I don't know how this is gonna work and she's like we'll figure it out time change let's do it, so I was um, calling her at nine or 10 10 minutes. minutes. Thank 10. you. Um, I was calling her nine and 10 at night and she was waking up at like six thirty in the morning to talk to me. And that's just like the devotion of OA. And we stayed in touch calling each other every single day. I did do like a very strict program at the time that I'm grateful that I started with it, It's called how, I don't know if people here are in that. And I know it works for people. It wasn't sustainable solution for me, but I was very pro- getting an idea of portion sizes because I never did portion sizes. And I was eating way more protein because I didn't know it was a restrictor. So I was like, I was overweight, but I was constantly like restricting. And it was the first time in my life. I'm like, okay, breakfast and putting effort into my food and lunch. And this is lunchtime and this is dinner time, and oh no, no snacking. And I'm like, what? No snacking. And so that was a really helpful program for me to get honest and strict with myself. And I went through the first three steps with that sponsor over four months. I lost 20 pounds. Um, I felt really, really great. And I felt so calm for the first time in my life around food. It was like, how is this possible? It felt so good to just like not have food be the constant stress or my weight be the constant stress in my mind. And um, I still feel that today, but I'm just kind of talking through my program and where, where I've been in this program. So after three or four months, I just realized like, I hit my healthy weight. I wasn't happy in like a strict structured program. And I wasn't feeling like the spiritual aspects of the program. I was a little bit too focused on the food. And I was going to meetings of people outside of Huawei. And I heard my sponsor and I was like, I want what she has, my, my next sponsor. And so I asked her to be my sponsor. And she really taught me the spiritual part of this program. Every time I was having problems and I was obsessing about, you know, whatever, she's like, where's your third step? Why aren't you turning it over? Where's, where's your higher power? I'm like, I honestly don't know what a higher power is, but I love like having someone tell me what to eat and when to eat it. So she taught me that I need a higher power to work this program. And, um, I'm forever grateful for her and how she's helped me through actually the hardest times in my life. And I never felt shame to tell her what I was going through. And she was always there. Um, The thing that she did pass down to me, and I'm talking about her in past tense because unfortunately she did die in this past, she passed away in this past year. And that's been really hard for me in my program. But I pray to pass down her program of six years and 30 years in AA. She's taught me so much in this program. She said to me all the time, the only step to do perfectly, Stephanie, is the first one, step one. And um, thank you for all the hearts. I'm like, want to cry, but I'm like, no, like, you have, you have half a share left. Like, let's go. Um, so she always said that because she told me, which I didn't identify as, that I'm a perfectionist. And so the problem with perfectionism is that it got in the way of actually recovering, like, constantly. And she's like, you're a perfectionist. Like, this is actually getting in the way of your progress. So really like this program has ingrained to me over and over again, spiritual progress, not perfection. Um, And when she reminded me, the only perfect step I have to do perfectly is step one. It's just admitting I'm powerless and I'm learning it's a daily reprieve. I have to remember this every single day because there are certain days where I wake up irritable, discontent and the disease is talking a lot louder. And it's saying, actually, you don't need away anymore or you don't need to you know be so strict about your recreational sugar but that inner knowing and that admit admitting that I'm powerless over recreational sugar helps me so much like honestly this last week I haven't felt very great and close to program. And I know it's my higher power bringing me to do the share today. I have stayed abstinent and I don't even know how that happened because I haven't gone to a meeting. I've been in graduation. I'm in total limbo in my life. I'm like moving everywhere, but I've been close touch with my sponsor, my new sponsor. And she's just like, you know, programs always here. And I started writing today. And I just was reminded, like the closer I am to program, the closer I am to higher power, the closer I am to peace, like all these just realizations. And I'm just like, my, I'm, I'm supposed to be working today, move the to client client before this canceled. And I'm like, thank God, because I'm able to like process what I want to say today, how I want to say it. And what's the message I'm supposed to share to you all. So I know that I'm doing this kind of all over the place, but um, the imperfection piece has been so important to me because even in times where life feels a little bit, I sloppy, it morning. thank you. When life feels a little bit sloppy, I remember I'm in program. I am not giving up on program. I've never given up. I've never, you know, even if I miss like a few meetings in a row, I'm still like, I'm in program. I'm in recovery. I was offered multiple suites on my graduation weekend without thinking said no. And I'm just like, where does that come from? Like, I don't even know, like, I feel so messy in my program, but I'm like, no, can't eat that. And I think it's because I over and over again, remember like how bad it was when I was in the sweets, when I was in the food, when I was obsessed about it. So um, yeah, some of the things that I'm really learning in this program is that life does start to feel restless and unmanageable, but I have so many tools and resources. And another form of wisdom that I really hold on to is that our tools are like the staircase to walk up the steps. Um, and so having these tools that I can turn to every day, I have people, I have my sponsor that I can message when I'm struggling and I'll, I'm met with unconditional love, acceptance, understanding. Um, I know that this program is always there and it's never going to go away no matter how difficult my life seems. Also like I've never connected to the serenity prayer more until today when it was said in this meeting and I don't know why but I heard the serenity prayer and there was a light bulb that went off and I've had people say like I walked mile over and over and just heard the serenity prayer and I heard step one in the serenity prayer because it is admitting that i don't have control over so many things in life that life is kind of just like chaotic and unmanageable but i do have little things that i can control and it's my attitude and my actions and just like showing up and being of service and getting out of my way and just saying yes i can show up to a meeting and do service today yes i can cont- i can reach out to my sponsor get out or my sponsee or reach out to my sponsor Um, so I just feel like there's so much wisdom in this program. If you just like slow down and listen to the message, like just like stop and just like listen to the words. Like I don't have control over so many things, but I do have control over these little things and they make life so much better when I zoom into the actions and the attitudes. Um, so this morning I cleaned my house and that was something in my control and it made my life feel very manageable. So I'm just want to share like those little things that program teaches you. It's like I have control over like setting up my lunch for lunch today. It can be the smallest things. Like I, I have control over making my food. I have control over, you know, um, you know waking up and waking up with an attitude connected of like attitude of gratitude connected to my higher power being grateful for this new day I did call one of my best friends and there is a reason why I'm a little bit emotional about my sponsor passing away I call one of my best friends and she's incredibly sick right now and it's reminding me of my sponsor and all she can say is I love you and I'm just like I just feel in this program that's all there is Just. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cry. It's just realizing like every day you have to just wake up with love. I'm sorry I can't do the show
2: anymore. Stephanie,
0: thank you. Thank you. Um, It was really beautiful to hear your honesty and vulnerability. Uh, It really it touches people more than I think you realize. So thank you for being here with us tonight. Um, we're going to go ahead and open the, minute, the meeting for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raise hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Um, Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. We are open for share. You are up first.
3: Thank you. Thanks, Erin. Thanks, Nadia. Thanks, everybody doing service. Amy B, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Stephanie, thank you so much for your share, for your heart. You showed up with love, showed up with love. Um, And uh, congratulations on your graduation. Oh my goodness. Congratulations on getting through a difficult time of transition and maintaining your program and working your steps and prioritizing service and coming here on a day where you're, I don't want to cross talk. We come into the room sometimes with really, really raw space and having a tough day. And I can relate to that. And then we get here and I'll speak for myself. I get here and I'm comfortable and I'm home and I see somebody else putting their heart forward and it makes me feel safer So thank you. Thank you so much for your service tonight. Thank you so much for your honesty. Um, I'm really, really grateful to have been here tonight with you, Um, I pass.
2: Thank you, Amy. Next we have Michelle.
4: Hi everybody, I'm Michelle, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. (sighs) Um. Stephanie, and thank you, first of all, everybody for doing service at this meeting. And Stephanie, thank you so much for your vulnerable, raw share and inviting us in and setting the tone for this space of vulnerability, honesty, openness, and just love. Um, I wasn't really in I knew I meet, needed a meeting tonight. I have a, I have some big life on life's terms stuff happening right now, and I'm reminded that you know this is a program designed for living in rough going. Not everything is always going to be streamlined, beautiful, happy path. Sometimes God has other plans, uh, and it's it's not necessarily bad. But today I was reminded, um, I was reminded of the gift of sanity in this program of. I have a new way of doing things. And just because my previous pattern may have been to do X, Y, and Z. And that was my experience. I don't have to live that way anymore. Um, and I must say as well, I, I lost a very dear friend in this program. Just, just over two years ago, I was not recovered. I was not working this program, um, the way I am today, a lot has changed since then. And it was the first friend in my life that I had ever lost. And she was, I was very close with her. And what I am reminded of tonight is I am not alone. I think we have a bomber. No, we don't, just kidding. Okay, sorry. he's on it. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> PTSD. Um, I uh, I was just reminded of uh, the love, the acceptance and also carrying memories with us, right? Like I get to walk through this life. I get to carry her memory when I'm scared. I, her name was Kat and I get to talk to Kat. You know, I, I forgot about that today and today's been a hard day. So, um, You've done an extraordinary service for me tonight, and for everybody else in this room. And, and thank you, everybody, for being on this call. This community is what this community is what keeps me sane, even when I don't always feel sane. is what keeps me sane, and I'm taking that away tonight. So, with that, I pass.
2: Thank you so much, Nancy. You're up next. Thank you, Nadia. And thank you, Aaron, for leaving. And Stephanie, thank you so much. I lost you here in the squares. There you are. Thank you so much for your share. I loved your story and I love your heart. Um, I related so much to, you, to your story and uh, to the pain and to the struggle. Um, and thank you for reminding me that this isn't a program that's about perfection. It's a program that's about showing up. Thank God and taking it one day at a time. you know I had a friend this morning um, I'm going through some changes with my with my meal plan um, due to some um, health challenges and so I texted my food accountability partner today and um, was honest about the changes and she just said, a day at a time. That's all you have is just today. So just work it today. And um, that's all I have. That's all any of us have. And so that's what I'm focusing on is being in the moment and into today. I've also had um, a really difficult couple of weeks and it's uh, it's been hard. Uh, some of the things that I, I've been going through, but I have to tell you that as hard as it's been today, I feel so like I have such a different relationship with my higher power because I had to take my focus off of people and relying on people and I had to put it on God because there was a moment when that's all I had was God in that moment and it was one of the most painful and yet one of the most beautiful moments I've had in a, in a long time and now I, I you know I would hear people say Yeah, I talk to God all day long and I'm like, yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, I talk to God all day long. It's like I'm walking through my day and God's right there. And I'm just like asking for help, turning it over, praying, praying for other people. And um, I've never experienced anything like this. I have such peace that when I go to do my nightly review, it's like, do I have resentments today? I mean, I'm even like, smiling at drivers who pull out in front of me you know I'm like oh well have a good day um that's what it feels like just to be surrendered and open hands open heart um that's what I've been taught here so thank you so much again for being here and thanks everyone for your service and for being here tonight I pass thank you next we have Barbara
5: Thank you so much, Stephanie, for your vulnerability, your humor, your willingness to cry. Um, That took a lot of courage. You're so young. And there, there really, for me, there really is something sacred about this work that we do as a fellowship. And I know for me, sometimes life can give me lemons Uh, Not every day is perfect. Some days are diamonds, some days are stones, and some days are just cubic zirconia. You know, you fake it till you make it. But if you take those limes and you turn the letters and you invert them, you end up with smiles. And smiles given freely with no expectation of reward are so rewarding for me. And I've heard the phrase, it's not new to me. Nothing that's wonderful is ever new to me. Pause, which means practice acceptance until spirit emerges. And that's what I have to do every day. Practice acceptance. And for me, the serenity prayer, well, as you said, says it all. Because I can only change me. I can't change anything. I just have to change me and accept things the way they are. And look for the flowers, not the weeds, and celebrate that roses have thorns that protect them. And those thorns for me were my character defects or defaults that had to be pulled out unwillingly, one by one. I didn't want to let go of of all of them. That was step six, and I had to let go of them. That was step seven, because they were not good for me, and they were not good for my family, so I love you, Stephanie. I love all of you. It's about abstinence, service, and fellowship. Thank you again. I pass. Thank you.
0: Next
2: up, we have Kaylee.
6: Hi everyone, I'm Kaylee, uh, compulsive overeater and restrictor living in a recovered state today. Stephanie, thank you so much for your share and for you know showing us what we do in this program, which is we show up with honesty. We share our hearts, we share our truth. Well, I'll speak for myself, I guess, but I share my heart and my truth. And and you opened a doorway for me to then be like, okay, I can share too. Because I have been physically sick this week and it's been hard. It's been rough and I have not accepted as much spiritual help as there is waiting for me. Um, and so I get to say that and, and see that, um, you know, there's so much that like when I really tune into my higher power, it's like this, this possibility that it's even when I'm sick, like I'm going to be okay and I can still be in community. Like I usually would not show up and would isolate and I'm having a different experience And I've had a lot of new experiences in program and even getting sick, I'm having a new experience in program. So, you know, I'm just grateful that there is this space that, that I can um, show up as I am and show up imperfectly. Like perfectionism is like big defect for me too, as you know. (laughs) Um, And just that reminder that, yeah, there are days where it's going to feel messy and, I mean, most days, honestly, it's gonna feel there are messy moments, um, but that it's this this progress, this continuing to turn towards turn towards that love that you spoke of at the end. So thank you for that reminder. Thank you for all of you. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
2: Next we have Victoria W.
7: Hi hey everybody. Uh, I'm Victoria W I'm a recovered, compulsible reader and insulin manipulator in Miami, Florida. It's so good to be here. I really, I also really needed a meeting. Stephanie. So I just really identified with a lot of what you were saying. I kept having some life stuff come up where I felt like the loving kind thing was to be with that person or, you know, or to, to spend my time elsewhere rather than on a meeting. And I'm just really glad that I made this a priority today. Um, I, I related so much to, to what you shared and just, I like echoing everyone in the chat and who's spoken previously. Thank you so much for your, not only bringing your experience, strength and hope, but also your vulnerability and honesty to the, to this room with us. Um, I really identify with what you were saying about the feeling, um, of restricting was more, uh, elusive than the feeling of the food. I. I had about bout with anorexia when I was younger, but when I really came into OA, it wasn't the feeling, it wasn't the taste of the food that was so captivating. I really wish it had been <laughs> like, I feel like I could have found something else that would have maybe replaced that, but that wasn't it for me. It was really, it was really like giving into the struggle, that moment of relief. Like when you're playing tug of war and you just decide to let go, like that was really what was so intoxicating to me of, of thinking all day of like, I can't eat this. I can't eat this. This is bad for me. This is not going to go well playing mental gymnastics. And then finally giving in and just going, oh. and then, then one second later, hating myself. Cause I knew what that was going to lead to, you know? Um, and I really identified with that because you know i had to admit powerless like i had to admit that like i'm a faculty member at a medical school at 23 years old and like i don't know how many cookies is enough like is a sufficient amount like i don't know how to eat one cookie like how is that like how is that for humbling right it's like it felt and not even cookies like cookies sometimes i'm like yeah of course those are really those are really sexy but like even like sugar free jellos i was like buying like at the end I think I was buying like 60 sugar free jello packs and like eating four for breakfast and I was like well each one is only 5 calories and like they say less than one carb but it's like it, it didn't matter you know <laughs> it didn't matter and um but you know like thinking to this week's chapter like there is a solution how cool is that yes there's powerlessness but there is a solution that solution is power that power is out there how cool is that right like how many people get to say that they have this, this terminal spiritual and physical and emotional illness, that there's a, there's a recovery out there that they can have. And I went to a work meeting a couple of weeks ago in San Francisco and I was nervous. It was the first time I'd be in that type of social food situation where it was, you know, I wasn't cooking my meals and things like that, um, in the last two years. And, um, is that my time? time? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll wrap it up. Thank you. And the, the people, they were like, we made you a special dessert with Stevie. And I was like, that was so thoughtful. Thank you. And then to my colleagues who would like this beautiful dessert, like it was nothing to me. There was no, there was no fight there. It was amazing. Um, you know, I, I ran out of time, so i just just stop with that, but thank you so much. And I'd love to discuss this chapter with other people via phone, if you want to talk, so call me.
0: Thanks, Victoria. We're now going to stop the recording for unrecorded questions or shares.